This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week we'll be covering season two, episode 15, Tall Tales. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Lady in red is dancing with me. tonight was to be recording a combo um that is not happening we are not surprise surprise shocker i know (laughs) everyone is absolutely stunned alert the media we we really tried this week it just didn't work i even had my notes document for 216 prepared yeah you you can blame me it's my fault Haley is tired and it is late and she has work tomorrow so we're only doing one but it's a very good one, so there's that. I love the storytelling method of this episode with the, like, we get our cold open, and then we jumped forward in time, and then we get the boys explaining what happened in that week, you know? Yeah. I like that. And so let's just get right into it. So our recap, we get, um, I think the song is Walk Away by the James Gang. Um, and we get our saving people hunting things. Walk away. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me think of. Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, why are you stealing my pen? <laughs> I'm using that. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, so we get our saving people hunting things. The boys, like, fucking around with each other, the prank war stuff, um, and all their, like, banter and back and forth and stuff that they do. And then we open on a college campus. I don't actually know where this is supposed to be set. I know there's, like, snow on the ground at some points during the episode. Is it, like, official college that exists? I don't think so. Just go to the Born Under the Einstein wiki and... They're at Springfield University in Springfield, Ohio. Is that a real place? Springfield University, a real place. <laughs> I'd imagine so. We, we are not from Ohio, so... <clears throat> no clue. Also, I'm super stuffy because allergies are bad right now. No. There Apologies. is not a Springfield University in Ohio. There is a Wittenberg University... There is a Springfield, Ohio. There is a Springfield, Ohio, but the university there is Wittenberg University. And then, because I'd imagine, like, that makes sense why they'd change it, because they probably, like, couldn't, wouldn't be able to get the rights to the name. Like, what university is going to let a random horror show on the WB use their name? 
<laughs> random what? Horror. <laughs> I just heard the first half of that. A random. Oh, no. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen Sandwich? <laughs> That's really a running joke on like Sam fan Twitter is that we're like, oh, Sam, he's such a baby. And then he like gets hurt or something. We're like, what a slut. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we are. We're really bad. Um, so we open the one Springfield University, which is a fake university in a real town. Um, <laughs> and we're at Crawford Hall. Where a professor, whose name we don't ever get, I don't know what his name is, um, is, like, approaching the building, and he notices this beautiful young woman standing off to one side of the steps. Um, he's, like, all bundled up in a coat and scarf, and she's just in a pretty, like, kind of pale pink <laughs> it's dress. It's like a summer dress. Yeah. She looks gorgeous, but, like, very underdressed for the season. Yeah. Um, and she, he asks if she's lost, which is a reasonable question, considering <laughs> she is not dressed for this weather and is on campus at night. But I don't know what he's doing. I'm assuming it's not that late in the evening. But the fact that campus is so empty... I have no idea. I don't understand what time this is supposed to be, because it, it looks like Maybe he's, like... Maybe he, like, forgot something. Maybe. Or he had some last-minute grading to do or something. I guess. I don't know. Because it looks like he's on campus really late, but also it's, like, winter time, so, like, the sun sets at three. <laughs> Not at three, but it sets really early. So I just... I don't know. Um, but he asks if she's lost, and she says that she's in one of her his classes, and she's been waiting for him. And she's hoping to talk to him about something... Um, he says her his office hours are Tuesday and Thursday mornings, but she's like, oh, I, I was really hoping I could talk to you now. <laughs> and it's really, like, yeah. sweet and a little flirty about it. And so he's like, because he's a fucking creep, uh, he tells her to come up to his office, which is on the fourth floor. Um, once there, she admires his photo on the back of a book that he's written. And he asks, like, uh, what she needs help with, and he asks her how, like, a specific paper is going, and she's like, well, I have a confession. I'm not actually in any of your classes. Um, and he asks why, like, why she's here then. Uh, this, during our second watching of this, watching it with you tonight, I realized that he is the one who opens the window, and it's like a, a Chekhov's pistol. You know, it, it, that's a film term, whereas if you see the gun in the drawer in Act 1, at some point in Act 2, the gun has to go off. Huh. So, we see him open the window. Yeah. He has to go through the window. <laughs> um, so, he... She gets all, like, shy when he asks her, like, why she's here. Um, and this is where he... God, this man is so full of himself. He didn't deserve to die, necessarily, but, like... <laughs> Very full of himself. Very full of himself. Um, he's like, I'm a bit of a celebrity. Yeah, he's like, well, what you're feeling is natural because you're you're young and I'm a bit of a celebrity around here. Uh, and then he says that it would be wrong to take advantage of her because he respects her too much. And, and then, then he kisses, kisses her. her. <laughs> because he's a creep. Oh my god. He, like, like he says that as he's to, like, kissing her. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, right up in her face. He's like, I respect you too much. And then he kisses, like, he's, like, right there in her face. And, oh, God, I hate men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate men like this. Um, 
But then we get this cool, like, the camera, like, pans around them, and as it circles around the one side, we see her face, like, decaying before our eyes. It's actually, like, really well done. Yeah, it's um, really creepy. I'm unsure if it's... The, the Obviously, like, the transformation part is VFX, but after it's, like, complete, like... It's gotta be I think prosthetic. more SFX, like, which is just the makeup. Um, it looks really it looks well. really great. They did a really good job with this. Um, but she's, like, all, like, decayed and compo- decomposing. And he, f- <laughs> reasonably, freaks the fuck out. <laughs> and then we cut. She asks him. She's like, oh, don't you want me anymore? Uh, which is very creepy. Uh, we cut back down to the stairs where the janitor is locking up Crawford Hall and heading home for the night when uh, the body of the professor crash lands on the steps. With an absolutely horrific noise. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of, um... Have you seen the live-action Les Mis? I think we watched it together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, this is Les Mis spoilers. We watched it on our trip. Remember? Yeah, we, we did. Me. This is Les Mis spoilers for anyone who hasn't somehow seen or read the book. Um, but when, um, Inspector Javert commit suicide and jumps off the bridge in the movie the music the 2012 movie when he hits the bottom he like hits like a retaining wall or something at the base of the bridge like spine first and the sound it makes is nauseating yeah and this reminded me of it it's not quite to that same level of gross but it's still pretty bad (laughs) oh but this is when we get our splash screen and we jump to one week later at a motel um, Sam is sitting on the couch, um, doing research the hard way. <laughs> He's got, like, a million books. <laughs> I don't know where he got these from. Uh, meanwhile, Dean is being- Probably the campus library. Probably. Dean is being- Well, how would he get them from the campus library if he's not a student? I don't know. He couldn't check them out. Do I'm assuming they just- to be a student just... to be able to check things out from the campus library? I would assume so. It's a- like a school library. I don't know. All of my books that I ever checked out from my campus library were under my, like, student ID. I mean, they are pretending to be students, aren't they? No, they're pretending to be reporters. Uh-huh. And then, like, electricians or something? I don't know. That, one, that part's a little unclear. Yeah. Um. So da- Sam is working his butt off trying to figure out what the fuck they're hunting. Uh, and Dean is being absolutely useless and absolutely disgusting. Um, As usual. The Just mouth kidding. noises he is making during this scene gag me oh my god but he's eating what looks like poutine or something similar it's like fries and gravy and it looks like there's like ground beef or something or cheese i don't know um i'm sure it tastes fantastic uh (laughs) but the boys like immediately start arguing because sam's like do you have to do that on my bed or you know do you mind not doing that on my bed and dean's like nah i don't mind and he just keeps eating um (laughs) And Sam's like, well, the research would go faster if I had my computer. Um, and he asks Dean to turn the music down, and Dean, of course, turns the music up. And they, I swear to God, <laughs> these two, they're children. Um, so Sam suggests that Dean go somewhere else, and Dean's like, well, you know what? That's a great idea. I would totally do that, except my car's fucked up. <laughs> and this is, luckily for the boys, um, who are probably about to kill each other, Bobby arrives. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> so it turns out they called him for help on this case, um, and they tell him that it's nothing like they've seen uh, before, and he's like, well, explain what's going on. Um, so Sam starts, 
he tells I this is my favorite part is the back and forth of the storytelling it's so good <laughs> so good so Sam tells Bobby that he found an obituary for this professor who took a dive from a fourth story window um, as well as a campus legend that the building is haunted and I totally didn't write compass legend in my notes I'm assuming I typoed and it autocorrected because I don't know where compass, compass came legend. from <laughs> so the boys went undercover as reporters and we get two different versions of this bar of this bar scene and the music is different in both of them so in sam's version the music is next to you by junk food um when we see sam sitting at a table with a girl whose name is she's unnamed but i think her name's jen um and a guy curtis who will come back later um he's asking them why they think the the professor jumped and the girl tells him that she doesn't really think it was suicide. He had a wife and a kid and kids, and his book was a really big deal. Um, and she and her, Curtis kind of argue back and forth, but it comes out that there's this legend about a girl who was having an affair with a professor and killed herself when he broke things off. Um, and she jumped out of room 669. Um, <laughs> I love that turn the nine upside down. It's 666. God, that is such an urban legend thing. <laughs> I love it. Then why wasn't it just room 666? <laughs> because that's too obvious. Um, so now the building is haunted. Um, so Dean, or Sam excuses himself and goes to the bar to find Dean drinking something called a purple nurple um, with a very drunk girl named Starla, who is... <laughs> she's very drunk. Um, I also... So I was I use completely in order to make it so that I don't have to spend as much time during the episode like writing out all the details of what's happening I've been preparing like the episode synopses ahead of time and then I can just go through it and add my individual notes while I'm watching the episode so I can focus more on like my emotional reactions and the thoughts and ideas that I'm having and less on getting all the details down of the plot um and so I was using the fandom supernatural wiki um for that <laughs> because it had a massive really in-depth synopsis whereas the super wiki only had like two paragraphs and i noticed that in their description of this specific scene they describe starla as a chubby girl with yeah, a lot of makeup weird. and it no longer says that because i changed it to <laughs> a very drunk girl with a lot of makeup because i don't see the point in using That's so dumb like for starters she's not chubby like, no. in any way, shape, or form. She has, like, a rounder face shape. That's just her facial structure, you know? Like, <laughs> like, but just because she's not, like, Hollywood standards of thin doesn't make her chubby. Like, she's a perfectly normal-sized woman. Uh, a really beautiful one, for that matter. Um, so I changed it to a very drunk girl. So if you go to the wiki, also, no longer... why are we commenting yeah. the description based also, on her weight? Only it has nothing to do with the story. It's stupid. It's no. It has no effect on the scene at all. This is kind of a little bit of a dumb like complaint, but like at the same time, it makes me <laughs> very frustrated because it's it doesn't matter that you know it, her weight has no bearing on this scene so i don't know why whoever wrote that synopsis decided to describe her that way it no longer says that it says a very drunk girl because she is <laughs> fact very drunk <laughs> um she was hanging all over dean who tells sam that she has a sister 
<laughs> this is where Dean interrupts, and he's like, what? That's not how it happened. I don't say things like, feisty wildcat. And Sam's like, oh, yeah, so you never drank a purple nurple? And Dean's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> and he's, he says her name wasn't Starla. He doesn't remember what her name was, which is classic Dean. Um, I have a feeling it probably was Starla, uh, because Sam seems more like the kind of guy who would remember her name. Yeah. You know? Uh, he says that she was a, quote, classy chick. <laughs> She's a grad student uh, and an anthropology and folklore major. So, and apparently they were talking local ghost stories. So this is where we get into Dean's version of events and the song Brenda and Me by The Rhythm Machine plays. I like that they have two different songs. Um, so we're back at the bar and this time Dean's with a different girl. Um, she's wearing like a, a nice black dress, kind of low cut. She looks absolutely fantastic in it um they both like take a shot they're like here's to us and dean's like trying to be like all dramatic and serious he's like it's like this is a very serious investigation lives are at stake and she's like i'm sorry it's just so hard to focus it's like staring into the sun (laughs) and then they start kissing (laughs) and this is where sam comes over and interrupts oh my gosh and i i love that in all versions of their stories, Sam is a bit of a bitch. <laughs> like, he's, he's being a, like, whiny baby the whole time. <laughs> this bitchy little brother. I love it. It's, it's golden. Um, <laughs> uh, this is, this is the iconic, Dean, what are you doing? <laughs> this is a serious investigation. We don't have time for you, blah, 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 blah. It's so good. I love it. It's so good. I have the feeling the truth of this scene is somewhere in between. Yeah, I love that we don't They're really get tellings. the true version yeah. of this. We're not, we never really know exactly how this scene actually played out. But the way the, the boys view each other's behavior is golden. And the way, like, Dean sees himself as this, like, macho, like, hero guy. He's pl- pretending to be a fucking reporter. And he's like, lives are at stake. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how he just totally tunes Sam out. Sam's like, I don't talk like that. And Dean's like, that's what you sound like to me. I'm like, that's what he sounds like when you're ignoring him. Um, so Bobby's like, what the hell is going on? Because you were fighting like an old married couple. It's because they are an old married couple, Bobby. <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, but Dean says uh, that married couples could get divorced. They're more like Siamese twins. And Sam says it's conjoined twins. I was saying the lines along with the characters at this point, watching the episode earlier. So oh, you were? <laughs> yeah, I was. Did you not catch that? No. Oh, I was. <laughs> um, Sam tells Bobby they've just been on the road too long. They kind of, you know, things are reaching ahead. They'll be fine. Sam explains that they, they thought they were dealing with a haunting, so they went to the scene of the crime. Um, and this is where we jump back into the story. It's very clearly Sam telling the story this time. Well, not clearly at first, but... In a minute, it, like, becomes clear, which I love. So, the boys are dressed, they're pretending to be, like, electricians or something. They've got little, like, patches on their jackets. It's cute. Um, (laughs) And they're being led into the office by the same janitor who found the professor's body. Um, He tells them he's been working at the college for six years. Um, Sam, like, starts checking things out with the EMF meter, explaining that it's something to pick up the wiring in the walls. And the janitor's like, well... You know, the guy who was using this office won't care because he's dead. He went out that window, and I'm the one who found him. 
Uh, meanwhile, Dean is turning himself into a chipmunk <laughs> with this bowl of toffees. <laughs> There's... Oh my gosh. I love the, the, the like freeze frame and intercut like cut in of dialogue of Dean being like, Come on, I ate one, maybe two and Sam's like, just let me tell it <laughs> such children. Um, I could not find the specific convention moment I'm thinking of. I think it was from one of the most recent conventions, but I'm not hundred percent sure because Jensen has in fact kind of told this vague vague this given this answer multiple times over the years. Um, but he's been asked, both of the boys have been asked, like, what would be your, like, advice to younger you just starting the show? And one of Jensen's, like, go-to answers to that question is that he would tell himself not to eat the cocktail weenies in season one, episode 14, Nightmare, (laughs) because the writers saw that went, hey, he makes eating comedic, and then made him eat for the next 15 years, including stuffing his cheeks with about a dozen toffees. Oh my god. (laughs) So good. So, if I don't think I'll be able to find a specific link for that, but check the show notes. Maybe there's something there. Um, So... The janitor tells them that the professor came up here with a young lady that night, but the cops never found her, and he actually, come to think of it, never saw her leave the building. Um, he'd never seen her before, specifically, but the professor brought lots of girls back to his office, so he's a serial creep. Yep. Fun. Um, Sam's like, hey, just to, like, check, this building only has four floors, right? Uh, the janitor says yes, and Sam's like, okay, so there's no room 669? And the janitor's like, no, obviously not. Uh, looking at this building from the outside, though, it does not look like it only has four floors. No, like, there's the definitely front, at least two more stories. Well, if you're looking at this, um, building from the outside, like, there's a front section of it that is four stories. It's like a church, kind of. It looks like a church. It legit it, does. Wow, really stuffy. <laughs> I wonder if the top two are like, like the, I don't know the word. The, like, tower part? Like where, like, the bell would be and stuff oh. in the church? I don't know if it's a bell tower necessarily, but it, like, there is, like, a tower part of the building. Yeah. And it does kind of look church-like with the, um... Like the steeple and the stained glass. Is there a steeple? I didn't really it's notice. Kinda, like, but there is stained like glass, but yeah, it does, it reminds me of a steeple. And, it's yeah. like a cathedral, kind of. Yeah. It's a very interesting building, but it is definitely not only four stories. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they expect us to believe it is, because we have seen stories like like five through seven, at least. Yeah. But the taller part is definitely more than that. Yeah. There's, like, windows for all of it. Yeah, exactly. That's why you can see that there's more stories, because there's windows. Um, But whatever. For the sake of the story, the building only has four floors. At least four floors that are accessible to the public and the, like, professors and students and stuff. Um, so the boys return to the motel room, uh, kind of discussing the case. Obviously, the room 669 is bullshit. Um, Sam's like, well, I'll see if any girls have died in the building. But when he opens his laptop to do some research, the screen is frozen on bustyasianbeauties.com. Um. (laughs) Of course. Uh. I think we've mentioned this before, but this email, or email? I wrote email address in my notes. <laughs> this web, web address? Ad- yes, this <laughs> web address at- leads to a WB landing page that isn't active anymore, but uh, definitely had something Supernatural related on it. 
Um, Sam confronts Dean, who insists he didn't do anything, but he is not very convincing. That is not the face of an innocent man. (laughs) uh, Bobby interrupts then um, and asks if they found anything useful in the history of the building. And Sam says that they didn't. Bobby's like, well, can't be a haunting. And Dean's like, yeah, we figured, but we're honestly not sure what it is because the next part of this is pretty damn weird. So we cut back to campus sometime during this week. Um, Curtis, the guy that Sam was talking to briefly at the bar, is walking past Crawford Hall when he hears this, like, whooshing engine noise overhead. Um, And then a bright light beams down on him, chases him, and eventually picks him up in a classic alien abduction before vanishing. Um, Bobby's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) He even says he's like, in all my years, I've never found evidence of an act, an honest-to-God abduction, which I love the fact that Bobby was like, are aliens real? Let's actually look into this. I mean, everything <laughs> like, else is, so might yeah. as well check yeah. this out. <laughs> uh, the boys are like, yeah, no, we know, but let's just listen to the story. So we cut to Bar. Curtis has been returned, um, uh, and he's getting drunk. And the boys, Sam asks him what happened. And um, promise that this will be off the record. Um, he tells them that he was abducted by aliens, um, and they probed him repeatedly, uh, which is an aspect of this story, an episode that I kind of hate was included. The show does this multiple times. My friends and I were having a conversation about it earlier about how they use sexual assault and like jokes about it yeah. for comedy. And they really play this for comedy. And Sam's face the whole time is fucking hilarious. Because he's going back and forth between, do I laugh because this is insane, but I have to, like, be genuine. But And it's funny to watch Sam's face, but, like... <laughs> the in way the, he switches between it is so it's good. So, it's really funny, but what the context of what he's trying not to laugh about, though, I don't find funny. And I hate that they try to make it funny. Yeah. Um, it's one of my big main hang-ups, like, complaints about this episode. And I know it was t- 2006, 2007, but, like, are we really not better than that? But, uh, additionally to this, though, the aliens made him slow dance. That is funny. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. The fact that we could have seen... Yes! <laughs> I love well. it. It's so good. <laughs> to Lady in Red, it's iconic. I love it. That's got to be the intro song. Of course it is. I told you. Okay. Yes. It is, It is in fact, the song that you guys heard at the beginning of this episode was Lady in Red. Because it's so good. Um, Bobby thinks they're bullshitting him. Fair enough. Uh, they're like, yeah, no, we thought Curtis was just fucking around or something. But then they found the spot on campus where he was taken from, where the grass is burnt in an absolutely perfect circle that Sam cannot explain. <laughs> He's like, this is... Like, this is too... Obviously, it had been caused by some sort of jet engine. Like, what the hell? Um, So they decided to keep digging. And we cut to them talking to a frat guy from the same house as Curtis. Uh, Dean clearly telling the story now. (laughs) Which I I love this. It's one of my favorite aspects of this episode, is that you can tell which brother 
is doing the narration. Yeah. Based off of how the other brother is acting <laughs> in that portion of the storytelling. Because Sam in this one is very, is a bit overly emotional. He hugs this guy, telling him he's a, <laughs> a brave little soldier and too precious for this world. Uh, Sam protests this, but Dean just keeps going. Um, and the frat guy reveals that Curtis is the pledge master for their fraternity. Uh, and he's real big on hazing and he kind of put the guys through hell this year. But now he like knows what it felt like. I'm like, what the hell did he put them through? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. oh my God. <laughs> I know hazing can get really, really dangerous. Like people have like died and in some places it's banned because it can be real dangerous. Yeah. Um, I do love the, the, they, the boys are like leaving and Sam or Dean like pats Sam on the shoulder and is like it'll it's okay and Sam's like got this like big dramatic sad face on it's really funny um so the boys go back to the motel where Dean says that the connection between the victims is that they're both dicks um cause they haven't noticed the location yet somehow I guess they're just figuring like campus is the location um but this is when they start arguing because uh Dean or Sam can't find his laptop and Dean insists he didn't take it and Sam's like well you're the only other person with fucking access to the room like we don't let the housekeeper in you think who the hell else would have taken it um and the, this is where things are kind of reaching ahead or what they're reaching a peak at least because Sam criticizes Dean's messiness um his dirty socks in the sink Dean what the hell <laughs> His food in the fridge. I love. <laughs> definitely probably caught me note saying this line. Yeah. Because Dean's like, what's wrong with my food? And Sam has one of my favorite Sam lines in 15 years, which is, it's not food anymore, Dean. It's Darwinism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, Sam asks Dean to stop messing with his stuff. And he's like, how would you feel if I messed with the Impala? And Dean's like, it'd be the last thing you ever did. <laughs> Um, and this is where we jump back to present day. Bobby's like, well, Dean, did you, did you take Sam's computer? And Dean's like, no, I didn't. And Sam's like, well, I didn't lose it. And they start arguing again, but Bobby's like, okay, stay focused, please. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby's having a hard day. He is. Oh, I love Bobby. (laughs) I love Bobby a lot. I, I love him this episode a lot. He's, he's real great. So Sam says that there, he, well, he asks them to keep going about the case, and Sam says there was another victim, a research scientist who did animal testing. Um, and we flash back to this scientist leaving Crawford Hall at night, and he sees something shiny in the sewer grate, and when he goes to investigate, he sees it's a nice watch. Um, and he reaches down to get the watch, and is attacked by something in the sewer. So, that's fun. Um... And Sam says the cops didn't release a cause of death because they didn't know what the cause of death was. So the boys went to the morgue to investigate. Um, and when they pull out the drawer where the body's being kept, they only find, like, a tub. Like, like a tote with no lid covered by a cloth instead of an actual, you know, body. Yeah. Um, and in this tub... It's so gross. It's really nasty. There's <laughs> an arm, a leg, and some, like, guts of some kind. I don't know. Um, Dean's, like what the hell like something like not on him and sam's like no something fucking ate him yeah <laughs> like uh uh he asks if there was an id and dean's like yeah he's a research scientist with an office in crawford hall um 
Sam notices something on the body, or on the remains, the body, there's no body, <laughs> and asks for a magnifying glass, and when he looks closer, he identifies it, this thing, as a belly scale from an alligator? Sam? How many alligators have you met? What the hell were they teaching him at Stanford? What, what the hell was he learning in John Winchester's school for baby hunters? Like, what is... Apparently they've know, had to go up against alligators how before. How does he know what an alligator's belly scale looks like? Like, I know he's... Dean literally says in the next episode that Sam is a walking encyclopedia of weirdness, but, like, this feels like a step too far, but okay. Um, so the boys discuss the the alligator in the sewer urban legend, which I didn't do any research on. I should have, but I didn't. I didn't know that was an urban legend. I, I kind of heard of it a little bit. I think it's part of the inspiration for the Ninja Turtles. Like... Uh, turtles. Pet gets re- a pet of some kind gets released into the sewer system and grows really big. Okay. You know, that's kind of the, how this one is, according to Sam, is that an alligator gets flushed down a toilet, a baby, al- baby alligator, and grows really big in the sewers and becomes a monster, you know? Huh. Um, <laughs> uh, Sam's like, well, let's call Bobby, and Dean's like, yeah, it's just your average haunted campus alien abduction alligator in the sewer case. Cool. <laughs> He'll know exactly what to do. Um, but before they did that, they split up to search the sewer. Um, the only thing that they found, uh, or that Dean found, was the Impala with all of the air let out of the tires and Sam's monogrammed money clip on the ground <laughs> beside it. Um, I firmly believe that this money clip was a gift from Jess. Like, it makes uh, sense. I like I can see Sam buying a money clip for himself, but spending the extra money to get, to get it monogrammed. A, yeah, with his initials. No, no, yeah. that's that's not a Sam move, and it's definitely not something Dean or John would have got him. So I guarantee this was a gift from Jess. Um, but Dean comes barging into the motel room and confronts Sam, who insists he did not touch the car. And Dean's like, "Well, I found your fucking money." <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be keeping it for emotional trauma. Uh, and this is where they fight over it. Uh, and we, res- we get this iconic freeze frame of them about to fall off the bed. There is a fantastic gag reel bit of them actually falling off the bed. It's comedy gold. I want to see that. <laughs> um, let me find it for you because it's super great. Let's see. Uh, I don't I might, let's just look season two. I'll find it for you in one sec. They probably had a blast filming this episode. Oh, I bet they did. This sounds, this seems like it was just a really fun episode. I feel like all the trickster episodes, oh they have gosh. a blast filming. I need to get an ad blocker. <laughs> the fact that I don't have an ad blocker is kind of surprising, How do you probably. Get an ad blocker? I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, there's Sam ripping his pants open. Jared, he like was bent over and he. Oh, here we go. Okay. Let's go here. I don't know what Jensen's laughing over, but here you go. 
I've had it up to here with you. Yeah, right back at you. Firm conclusion. Oh, this is a great flipper. <laughs> Every time you mess up, I have to stand up and sit back down. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> legs are tired. I'm so sorry. Do you want to play with the guns and have thousand props to do while you say your lines? Get off! Give it back! Mystic Jensen says I broke it. <laughs> I love the gag girls so much. But them falling off the bed is real golden. <laughs> I also have a little bit of fun for you. Um, at, that. um do you want a thousand props to do while you say your life? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but at Gypcon 7, I don't remember what year that is, uh, someone, the very first question of Jared's panel actually asked who won the fight in Tall Tales. Jared's answer was, Sam won. Come on, I've got three inches on the guy. And I'm taller. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite. I love it so much. I've included the link for that in the show notes for you. That takes you to the exact question in the panel. <laughs> I... I also think Sam won the fight, but I also think they fell off the bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this is where Bobby cuts in. I love, throughout the boys telling this story, especially in, like, the last bit before the, the last part where we cut to the motel room and them telling it, you can see Bobby's wheels turning. Yeah. Like, you can l- legit see the thoughts processing <laughs> his head, because Bobby's the best. Um... And Sam is being peak bitchy little brother. Um, and Bobby's like, Dean didn't take your laptop. And Sam's like, but nah. <laughs> And he's like, and Dean, Sam didn't mess with your car. And Sam's like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, and he tells them that if they'd pulled their heads out of their asses long enough, they would have figured it out in no time that they're dealing with a trickster. Bobby is right. Dean was actually on the right track earlier. Um, in the scene where Sam notices his laptop is missing, he's talking about how what's happened to the two victims so far was almost poetic. And then he's like, well, actually be more like a limerick. Um, but, like, Dean is on the right track. Yeah. But Sam is more focused on his missing laptop than on what Dean is saying, and so they never put the dots together because they just start arguing again. Like... <laughs> but right now they're both like I don't know (laughs) did you throw my rock in the trash can (laughs) it just like flew out of her hand (laughs) okay yes it did land in the trash can I'm assuming it did based on the sound. Yay! Okay, Rock has been recovered. Sorry. (laughs) So, according to Bobby, um, Sam and Dean were his biggest clue uh, for figuring out that this was a trickter because trickters live. Trickters. Trickter. Trickters. (laughs) (laughs) Trickters. Um, Tricksters live to make chaos. (laughs) And mischief, uh, and he's been playing them like fiddles. Um, this is where we get a little bit into lore. So I've got some stuff from the wiki. The wiki doesn't really honestly have too much on tricksters, but they're pretty, like, iconic creatures. Basically every 
mythology has a trickster of some kind. I forgot to do research on this, too. Yeah, it's okay. We'll let it slide. <laughs> um, so, uh, tricksters, according to Bobby and the wiki, are demigod-like immortal creatures that thrive on creating mischief and mayhem. With the power to make objects materialize out of thin air, the trickster accomplishes its destructive feats via unusual and often humorous means, its intent to humble the self-important. The trickster's metabolism is such that it craves sugary treats and consumes calories voraciously. To kill a trickster, one must obtain a stake dipped in the blood of its victim and plunge it into the creature's heart. Famous tricksters include Loki of Scandinavian myth and Anasazi of West Africa. Or Anasazi and Anansi. Wow, I, I like, can't. Uh... My brain just filled in a bunch of non-existent <laughs> letters. God, sorry. Um, they totally skip over the whole steak thing in this episode. Yeah, like, they Bobby. Don't they explain. never explain it. Or I didn't like realize what it was the, blood in the blood of the Yeah, victims. I didn't know I just that it was either. Like a wooden steak. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where that information could have come from. Um. So, depending on the mythology in question, these characters serve a variety of functions. Some, especially the mortal ones, limit themselves to pranks, but mostly play, most play crucial roles in the creation, destruction, or functioning of the universe. A defining characteristic of trickster figures is their ability to cross boundaries, any boundaries. Several First Nations myth cycles um, attribute the creation of the universe itself to the trickster raven, which is uh, Inuit stories, or the coyote, which is Chinook. Um, Loki in Norse myth will lead the forces of chaos in Ragnarok, the Norse end of times, the best known and probably most benevolent, benevolent, benevolent? I am struggling tonight. (laughs) Um, Benevolent trickster figure in world myth is the Greek god Hermes, who serves not just as a messenger, but also as a guide for the newly dead, getting their souls safely to the underworld. Interestingly, Hermes was often given gifts and offerings of honey and other sweet foods, and is often depicted in Greek comedy as having a sweet tooth. It's difficult or impossible to kill tricksters. Even the mortal ones, like Sisyphus or Reynard the Fox, have a talent for cheating death, and certainly no consistent method of doing so. Uh, in the case of those who are full-blown gods, it is inadvisable to even try. <laughs> well, the boys try. Um, spoilers, they fail. <laughs> so, the tricksters target people that they think need to be knocked down a peg, usually with a deadly sense of humor. Um, and th- they usually look human. And this is where it clicks, and Dean's like, who do we know who has been at ground zero the whole time? And we cut to a kind of like diner-style apartment. <laughs> it made me think kind of like like 50s diner a little bit, with the like vinyl, like weird chairs, and it's an interesting blend of styles. Um, yeah. It's honestly kind of a cool set. Uh, someone in an armchair is looking at weekly world news headlines, and he comes across one about a cannibal murdering a family with a chainsaw. Uh, and oh, I didn't catch that earlier. That's yeah. where the chainsaw comes <laughs> yep. from. That's where he gets all his best I saw the alligator ideas. one. And... The alien? Yeah, the, the first alien one, one yeah. The dancing alien, yeah. <laughs> and that laughs over it as he's revealed to be the janitor. Dun, dun, um, dun. He calls over his dog, who... He's unnamed and very cute. I think he's a Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah, he looks like He's very cute. (laughs) Um, And asks if the dog's hungry. And then he walks over to the kitchen table where there's like a bunch of food laid out in an elaborate setup on these silver displays and stuff. Um, This table is very diner. 
too. Like the like yeah. the aluminum like ridged edging around it and stuff. Yeah. Um, excellent attention to detail. Um, but he decides something's missing, and two beautiful, scantily clad women appear to feed him food. Um, this is the same women who make an appearance in the auditorium scene in a minute, and they are another. This is my other main complaint with this episode, which is the way that it treats women. They are nothing more than objects. Yeah. They have no personality. Even the one that Dean flirts with at the bar, the the Starla and the other girl. I say, to be fair, these ones aren't real women. Yes, right? <laughs> but just also the creation. Of... On the other hand, that kind of makes it worse a yeah. little bit. <laughs> like he literally just made these women to but be. I guess what he does create is kind of real, right? Yeah, it exactly. Still has like an effect on the environment. I yeah, it's. It, it just I don't understand the, the logic way. of uh, tricksters magic, but... but yeah, this whole bit bothers me. Um, same when we see them later in the, on the stage. Um, but so we cut to the next day, or the where Sam and Dean are meeting up with the janitors. He's like, I realized I was like, I was like, how did Sam know where to go to like look at the tricks at the janitor's locker? And then I realized in this watch through that they literally are like the guys like locking up the room with the lockers when they meet up with him in this scene. I was like, oh, okay. That explains it. Because I was like, where the fuck did Sam find this place? Um, but so they meet up with the janitor. Um, they say they have some offices on the third floor that they have to check. Um, and they're on their way up when Sam stops and says he, he forgot something in the truck uh, and sends them on. Um, and he fakes going outside, something I'd never actually noticed until not this last watch through, but the one before that, I thought, for some reason, I always thought he went to go actually get something from the trunk of the car, but he, <laughs> which I don't know where I got that idea from, probably because I didn't see the, the, like, box that he's carrying, um, but he, like, opens the door and then lets it close again as he runs back downstairs to the locker room, where in one of the lockers, he finds an edition of Weekly World News with a UFO on the cover. So we Why are they checking the locker just to make sure it's actually that guy? Looking for evidence to, yeah, okay. make sure it's actually him. Um, if you drop that rock again... <laughs> You'll do what? I'll tickle you. Oh. <laughs> um, so we cut to, a little later, the boys are leaving Crawford Hall, and they're arguing very awkwardly over whether or not the janitor is the trickster, for sure. Um, while the janitor watches from a window. And I realized, like, this scene has always felt a little bit weird to me, and I think it's supposed to feel weird yeah. to those of us who know the boys and know what one of their fights actually They're looks like. They're clearly trying to cause a scene. It's very scripted, kind of awkward pauses. They're very much trying to draw the, the trickster's attention to them. Um, Sam says that reading Weekly World News doesn't make him a trickster, and he's like, you read Weekly Word World News, which I can totally see Dean doing. <laughs> um, and he didn't find any candy in the locker. Um, Dean's like, well, you probably missed it. And Sam's like, I don't miss things. And Dean's like, oh yeah, I forgot, you're Mr. Perfect. <laughs> which is actually a line that Dean said earlier in their conversation with Bobby. Because when Sam said that he doesn't lose things, and Dean's like, yeah, because you're Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so Sam leaves in a huff and tells Dean to keep an eye on a janitor, but, like, wait until Sam gets back. Because he's gonna go check out the guy's apartment. Um, we cut to nighttime, which 
for all we know is like three hours from now. I like it's that they winter. don't like show that them causing a fight was like part of their plan. Yeah, because, like, I've been watching them fight throughout the episode, but like you get to this part and you can tell it's scripted, like you said, based on how we know them to fight. But it's not like spelled out for us. Yes, I love the the ellipses. We don't get yeah. to see there. This is the plan scene. Um. Yeah, it's very good storytelling. It's really very good. well done. Um. So we cut to nighttime, and Sam is or Dean is still waiting for Sam, and he gets impatient and goes inside on his own. Um, getting out a flashlight to look around. I kind of a little bit confused with like, because he like is going downstairs, and then back he like goes around all the way down to the locker room and then he's going back up but he passes as he's going back up on that first landing he passes the doors that sam went out early pretended to go out earlier so i just i don't understand where the doors are in relation to the stairs in this building but whatever but he hears music coming from i call it an auditorium but i think it's actually just a really big classroom i thought Um, it was an auditorium too you like the classroom building on campus have you been in that? Maybe. It's the one, it's the building that's the furthest north on campus, on like the lakeside of campus, just literally right next to the library. I think they made like you it, go, might have just barely built that. Oh, uh, you go liberal arts, library, classroom building, and the classroom building has a bunch of like normal sized classrooms, but along one side it's got a bunch of these big auditorium classrooms yeah with i think the they, stage. Just they can seat like 150 kids huh. kids college students <laughs> um so i think that's what this is um but he dean comes into the auditorium um can't get enough of your love baby by or can't get enough of your love babe by barry white is playing as he enters to find the two the same two women from the trickster's apartment um, on a big, quite comfy-looking bed on stage. Um, he walks all the way down to the stage, and one of them says that they've been waiting for him. Dean's like, oh, I know you're not real. And she's like, well, it'll feel real. <laughs> Definitely feels real when she's beating the crap out of him in about ten <laughs> seconds, but, you know. Um, Dean's brain is shutting down. <laughs> He's like, uh. I love this. This is, I think I've talked about this before. This is one of my like favorite kind of aspects of Dean Winchester is that for someone with such a cocky attitude, he sure gets shy when pretty women take the initiative and like actively show like attention to him and interest in him. It's really cute. <laughs> it's, it's more of his, cause he puts on this cocky attitude of like, Oh, I'm, you know, I've got all this confidence in myself and stuff, but actually he's really self-conscious and unsure of himself. And so he, I feel like he doesn't expect women to actually be interested in him if he's not like being the assertive one. So when women are assertive and interested in him, uh, he doesn't know how to handle it (laughs) and his brain is shutting down. (laughs) Um, but this is, uh, he's also very clearly a bit bummed out about having to pass up on this, um, but I'm glad that he does pass up on it. But this is where the trickster reveals himself, and this is another one of the things about this that I don't like, because he says that the women are a peace offering. 
That they're, I mean, yeah, he made them out of thin air, but like they're literally nothing to him. Yeah, it 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 make, it icks me out. Um, but the trickster says he's run into hunters before, so he recognized Sam and Dean's type. Uh, but he likes them. Uh, he wants to make a deal. Dean gets to treat himself to some fun, uh, and the trickster gets out of town. And Dean's like, you know, I like your style, the slow dancing alien. It's a good one, but uh, can't let you get away with hurting people. Uh, the trickster's like, oh, that's that's really disappointing. But you shouldn't have come alone, which is when Sam and Bobby reveal themselves. Um, I'm imagining that Dean was... The plan was that Dean waits until campus has kind of cleared out for the day. And then him going in was a signal for Sam and Bobby to drive up and leave the Impala parked in front of the steps. And then come in, you yeah. know? Um... This is where we learn that the argument on the stairs was, in fact, a trick. Um, and Dean pulls out a stake with blood on it, and the trickster's like, well, that's real smart of you, but here's here's a real trick. And conjures up a guy with a chainsaw <laughs> uh, to attack Sam and Bobby. Um, and Dean tries to stab the trickster, but is grabbed by one of the women. Uh, and we're they just, like, like, bounce him back and forth, kicking like, his ass. like, She-Hulk? Holy cow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I do I can I can in fact appreciate some gorgeous badass ladies kicking butt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the best thing they get to do this whole episode is throw <laughs> Dean across the stage. <laughs> it's pretty golden. Um, also, Bobby tries to stop a chainsaw with a wooden stake. <laughs> I don't know what Bobby, the thought process was for that. That's what chainsaws are for. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang. Um, Dean gets thrown by one of the women into the auditorium chairs in front of, like, in the front row. Um, and Sam is on the ground, and the trickster's, like, kind of monologuing a little bit. And Dean, or Sam tosses Dean one of the dropped stakes. Not the one that Bobby got sawed in half. <laughs> um, and Dean manages to stab the trickster in the chest. Um, and the women and the guy with the chainsaw vanish in this weird like like the chainsaw like revs and then they like he like disappears and wiggles away like the mirage like, there's like a yeah it's a mirage <laughs> effect and then the women let go make this like <gasps> just like disappear <laughs> i don't know what that was and then the furniture does it which has me imagining this trickster just like lugging in this giant bed <laughs> i know he didn't like but why doesn't the furniture disappear i don't know question i didn't notice that. i don't know i guess it's easier to add a special effect of like two women standing there and then making them disappear because you literally just have them step aside and then everybody holds still for a second so you get like a clean shot um and it's a little bit harder to do that with a gigantic bed. <laughs> but still. <laughs> um, the trickster appears to be dead. Uh, Dean asks if Stan um, and Bobby are okay. But meanwhile, he's the one limping. <laughs> the poor guy got his ass kicked. <laughs> oh, poor Dean. Um, he says that the trickster had style, which made me immediately think of Kingsley's um, You Can't Deny It. Dumbledore's got style. You wrote Kingston. I know. I noticed that as I was reading it just now. <laughs> I was going to correct you if you said Kingston. <laughs> <Ow>. I, 
his, his you, you can't deny it. Dumbledore's got style. <laughs> Which is high praise coming from Kingsley, who oh, has yeah. style. Oh. <laughs> uh, so Sam, Dean, and Bobby leave Crawford Hall. Um, as they're running down the stairs, Sam's like, "Thanks, Bobby. I wouldn't know. I don't know what we would have done without you." <laughs> Bobby's like, "Save the speech for later. We uh, there's a dead body in there. Let's go." Um, he gets in the back seat of the Impala that is conveniently parked in front of the steps. Uh, it's a. She just dropped the rock again. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing it's late at night because, like, how, how have they not had they not gotten in trouble for this? Um, plot armor that's how so the boys hesitate before getting in and sam's like hey dean i i and dean's like yeah i know me too because they are absolutely hopeless and incapable of saying the words i'm sorry oh my god (laughs) they're useless (laughs) utterly useless um bobby pops out of the car again though and is like you guys are breaking my heart can we please just leave (laughs) sam's doing puppy dog eyes across the car at dean it is so dramatic and oh my god why are they this way Uh, (laughs) childhood trauma that's why um back inside the auditorium though we see someone walk up to the body and at first it kind of looks like someone's discovered the body um, but then, with the same effect as the the women in the chainsaw guy, the body disappears, and we see that the person standing over the chair is, in fact, the trickster. Dun, dun, dun. Alive. Because <laughs> of course it was a trick. Why would it not be? <laughs> he didn't want Chance actually getting killed. Yeah. Smart. Smart guy. Uh, <laughs> and we shall see and him that- return. Spoilers. <laughs> that wraps up Next this season, episode. Right? Yes. Um, I love this episode. We don't get too deep into character stuff. Uh, we do a little bit because we get to kind of see the way that the boys view each other's behavior, which is fun and always a good time. An exaggerated version of their but behavior. But it's definitely, <laughs> definitely a bit exaggerated. Um, Just a bit. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love the two different versions of the bar scene, and I know that the truth of it falls somewhere in between. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle there. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. I forgot how funny this episode was. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a super, like, character development or revelation heavy story. But I still think it's, or like, episode story, but it's it's still a real good time. Yeah. It's a good time. It has its issues. It has its kind of big issues, actually, to be honest, but... Oh. That not, but it's nothing fun. that we can change now, obviously. It's overall <laughs> But this is fun. still a... Yeah. In general, this episode's a good time to watch. So. Uh, and I think that's it for this episode. Next week, we are for certain covering season two, episode 16, Roadkill. Yeah. And I am super fucking hyped because I really love this episode. <laughs> it's a good episode. <laughs> season two in general is just full of great episodes. Great standalone yeah. episodes and great, like, meta plot episodes, too. I love it. So, but yeah, that is it for this episode, I do believe. I think I said the word episode like six times in the last sentence. Um,. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you heard, 
please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app so you can stay up to date um, and not miss an episode. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places. Um, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps the algorithm. And if possible, tell your favorite super or favorite, yes, favorite <laughs> and fellow Supernatural fans about us. <laughs> Just your favorites. <laughs> Just your favorites. <laughs> also, you- uh, Spotify Wrapped just came out. Oh uh, yeah! How many of you did our podcast show up on as your podcast yeah. favorite? Yeah. Oh, if if we did, we would be honored, and we'd love to see it. Yes, please tag us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Talk About Sam Pod on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. Um, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Life Flows On Three. And Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. Awesome. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. send a pout oh he isn't a crying one <laughs> perfect she <laughs> <laughs> sent Harrow a crying emoji cause Harrow's sending her tiktoks but not texting her back <laughs> I asked her asked them a while ago how's it going and then nothing hello. and then I noticed I was getting tiktoks and I only get tiktoks asleep from either you or Harrow and so, I'm sitting right and you're here. You're sitting right here, not sending me TikTok. Definitely TikToks. not sending you TikTok. <laughs> so it's gotta be Harrow. <laughs> Ignoring my text and sending me TikToks. I do that too, so. I just forget. <laughs> I sent you that TikTok that was like, you know, my girlfriend, good night. 45 minutes later, starts sending me TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good night for the conversation. Exactly. Usually I am attending to go to bed. <laughs> um, that's my peach moonstone egg. It's really pretty. It is very pretty. I wanted to caress it. Is that okay? Yes. It sounded weird that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where we jump into. It. <laughs> That's not better. <laughs> just want to hold this the rock. I want to feel it. Hold it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no word that doesn't sound weird. Hold the rock. Yeah, but I'm like. My brain said Rubbing massaging, it. and that is not better. Oh my god. Why is every term sexual? I don't mean it to be. <laughs> okay. I'm just holding the egg and moving my hands. <laughs> oh god. That's not better. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just holding it. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's a rock. It's a rock. Just to clarify, (laughs) all this is going out of taste. (laughs) All right.
This it's really pretty this. though. It is very pretty. It feels nice. <laughs> so this is where we get back into Dean's version of events. Like boob. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta cut all this out cleanly. I love you. I love you too. you're doing Sam please if you wouldn't mind just give me five minutes here Dean this is a very serious investigation we don't have time for any of your blah 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 blah